We are gonna 100% Star Trek. So much Star Trek. That's the, um, yeah. So how are you doing, Chris? Let's start a podcast together. It's a, this is a thing. It's going to be great. I'm super excited. Like, so stupidly excited for this. I don't know why I'm this excited, but I'm, I'm, I'm raring to go. It's going to be great. Yeah. So even and when you, a couple weeks ago, you mentioned to me that you wanted to watch all of Star all Trek, of the Star Trek. In, including and starting with the original series, which I, and I kind of at first was like, wow, that'll, that'll take the rest of everyone's life. Uh, yep. But then I, as I thought about it over the past couple of weeks, and we've been watching a little bit of Star Trek and stuff, I, I was like, well, we could take a real hard look at every episode and make a podcast about it and do that for the rest of everyone's life. And I'm, I'm like I said, super, super excited. There's about 925 items out right now at this time that I've been able to find and collate the information on so far. So, like, we've got movies, TV shows, shorts. Uh, I think the only thing we're not really covering is books and video games, honestly. We might, though. I mean, yeah, I mean, we might. I mean, like we right before I started recording, we were talking about potential bonus episodes and stuff. So we'll see about that. But really, but the goal, the project is every episode. And then we'll start looking at shorts and animated series. Oh, I was playing an animated series right after the uh, original series. So. Yeah, that's cool too. Well, the que- uh, the real the question that we had discussed was Star Trek Prodigy. Yeah, fair, so, fair enough. And look, but now we know that one is at the time of recording. That's not currently available in an, in a non pirated right. way, and I don't really feel like stealing. Yeah, but we did just learn that it supposedly is going to have a second season on Netflix. Yeah, they're expecting it sometime in twenty twenty four. I don't have specifics yet, so we'll right. we'll keep an eye on it and make those decisions when we get the access to it if we do exactly so 925 pieces of media that doesn't sound like that much i've surely watched 925 pieces of media already all you and i were talking about it too where we agree we've basically if not seen everything seen the majority of star trek so we've probably let's really re-watching a lot of it especially the older stuff one potential title for this podcast is our star trek rewatch (laughs) <laughs> um the what i have seen the least of is the original series oh really i've probably seen more of the animated series than the original series wow no i uh well that's definitely i'm the other way around i'm the newer stuff is really where i start to miss stuff um my partner and i don't have cable and we have it for a while now so sure. ca- catching the newer stuff i had to have it on a service that you know showed it if right. i was gonna watch it right so we didn't have that all all the time. So yeah, Discovery, Strange New World, and Picard. I have never seen an episode of Picard. I love Picard. I'm really excited when we get to it. We I love Sir Patrick Stewart, and I, I cannot wait to see what he does with the uh, the character, you know? Again, well, like the reprisal. Yeah, I, it's great. So what information do you have about episode right. zero? So tonight... We're watching uh, The Cage. It's directed by Robert Butler and was written by Gene Roddenberry. This was never actually officially released as like an actual air date thing, but it's, it is yep. the original pilot, right? So uh, where better to put it, but the start of the whole show. Um, I've got the IMDb rating at 7.6 out of 10. So 
you know, pretty well rated considering it's from the 60s and, you know, it has its own little campiness to it that the rest of it doesn't, you know? Yep. Um, I yeah, did no. sit... Oh, sorry. No, go on. I sat down maybe three or four years ago. I think probably pre-pandemic when Star Trek was on Netflix. I sat down one afternoon with my dad and I watched this episode and uh, it's uh, it's about Christopher Pike. I yep. believe he has Una. After this pilot, the show was reworked into a second pilot with William Shatner and Captain Kirk. So this is the Christopher Pike, who is now uh, a much more known character. But, you know, he was in the original series. If I remember um, correctly, too, this is when they had the female first officer instead of... Una, I uh, believe. I, I might be wrong. I don't remember her name, but yeah, there was a, a, a female first officer, and that was actually a big problem for the uh execs on the show they didn't oh, want they were like no way both, well not both the female first officer and an alien they were like pick one you get either spock uh... or you get you get her so he chose spock which is um why spock becomes the first officer and the actual pilot per tv you know yeah yeah i like think that. that oh well una is um Pike's first officer in Strange New Worlds, and I think that this is that. I could be wrong, but I think it's the that it's that character. Okay, I I honestly don't remember, so I'm I'm trusting you on this one. You know? Yeah, I don't. And again, we're right now we're we're in the the things I have osmosed part of what yeah. I think is going to be in this episode. I yeah. um, I think that Una might be. I think Una is a Lorian, which I think is the race that Guinan is. But I again, this then this doesn't have anything to do with this episode, so. Yeah, I have no idea about uh, about her uh, her race at all. To be I'm honest, I'm not sure if yeah, I'm not sure if that's correct at all. Um, no. What do you remember about this episode, and when have you seen it last? Last time I saw, it, we're looking at like probably something in the seven plus years range. Okay. Uh, to be frank, like it's been it's been a minute. Um, no, I I don't remember a lot of it. Like it like it has been a very long time, but there is that whole cultural zeitgeist of it, right? Where and I, I never remember how much of it is cultural references to it yep. and how much of it is the actual episode. Right. And if the stuff I'm remembering is from that episode or other shows, so like, sure. I very clearly remember Pike in the wheelchair with the beeping, but I never remember where that comes from kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That And that's not this. This is the a later. This is a one. Uh, the beeping is an actual episode in the actual series okay. where Pike returns. Okay, see, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I, I don't remember this episode very well, and I've got I've got bits of, of other episodes that overlay, because, like, Pike was not a big character for obvious reasons, so... Yeah, not in TOS. He is now. Yeah, he is now. No, and, like, he was he came up in the um the reboot movies back in, like, 2009 and stuff. Sure, with, yep, with yep. Chris Pine, like, he, he totally. comes up a few times, yep. which is part of the issue for me, is where he's if he's not the one and done, I don't... It all gets confused. Yeah, and it's easy to confuse episodes of Star Trek. When I talk about episodes of Star Trek with people, almost every time, like, we end up, like, thinking that two plot lines from two different episodes are, like, the same plot line and get very confused. Yeah, no, it, it's hard, because especially where, for example, I'm terrible at the episode names. And I'm going okay. through, as I'm building our list, because we're going to keep track of the seasons and our thoughts on stuff to a degree, uh offline as well yep so while i'm building this there's multiple episodes that are almost the exact same name or like they oh, have, they have oh. very similar names yeah. but like one word is changed especially or, between shows 
Yeah, like, like there's a bunch of them across different like series altogether. Like TNG will have an episode name that's very similar to a Voyager episode. That's very similar to a Prodigy episode. Like it's it's really not like unique all the time. And when you get yeah. this many episodes in a program, it's hard to keep it that unique. So it makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's easy, and especially with different teams of writers and things being produced over the course of several decades and different time periods, you know, and, and science fiction, there are certain tropes that just certain story structures are going to repeat. And uh, but yeah, there's, there's certain stories that appear, like the same framework of the same story appears a couple times in like all three of the 90s shows. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, the 90s, <laughs> when, with them all running concurrently, it... Yeah. it there was a lot of crossover. I mean, we've, we've talked about it before with the Brian being in freaking oh, yeah. everything at Wharf. And, you know, there's a lot of that crossover because of that, right? I don't feel like there is any character. There's probably several actors, but I don't think that there is a character that appears on Voyager, DS9, and TNG. But maybe, I thought Reggie was on all three. I don't think Reggie is on DS9. See, I, I, I don't, could be, I I don't know. I don't think I ever saw all of DS9, yeah. so I can't really... And I, it was always... Deep Space Nine for me was my, my um, guilty pleasure. I'd wake up for school and get ready, and I'd watch half the episode, then yeah. take the rest of it, and then I'd watch the rest of it when I got home. Awesome. And my schedule changed at some point, so I ended up not catching everything because I couldn't watch it anymore. Okay. So, or the TV schedule or whatever. It just didn't align anymore, so... Sure. I don't, I don't actually know everything about DS9. Um it's not it's not bad but I, i've missed i know i've missed a bunch well we're gonna we're gonna rewatch it yay no, i'm really like i said I'm, I'm really excited this is gonna be this is gonna be a ton of fun i'm gonna catch up on my star trek lore it's gonna be great i'm glad you're excited because this is you, this is very good energy i'm and i really yeah i was like and re, i told you today i wasn't sure if i was gonna be able to get anyone to do this with me so, <laughs> so yeah, no, I've, I've been wanting to rewatch it like i i i went back to school and my my late 20s early 30s and while i was there netflix had you know the star Trek. oh yeah oh yeah so that I, was a great time well and they at that point they let me do downloads too if i had a tablet so i used uh, to download the episodes and go by train to school and i'd watch an episode or two every day and i watched through all of voyager that way and it was fantastic and I want, i've been wanting to ever since then do the rest of the shows i just never got around to it because it's a lot of tv and oh, there's yeah. a it, it's a commitment <laughs> All right, well, you're committed now. <laughs> I, I'm excited. Let's do this. All right, you got anything else to say about the cage before we begin? No, I, I really don't. Um, I wish I remembered it better. I'll tell you that much for free, but <laughs> I don't I don't know. I don't have anything else really with it, you know? Pike has to fight a bunch of guys. I bet there's going to be an Orion slave girl. That's my... I bet we're going to see an Orion slave girl. I don't know if there's going to be one quite this early, but uh, definitely in the first season. I just don't know if it's the first episode. Alright, we're, we're about to find out. Hello, and welcome to The Least Ready Room, a podcast where your internet friends Dave and Chris are going to watch... 925 pieces of Star Trek media and also review them. And by the time we're done doing that, I'm sure there will be 600 more episodes and movies and things. So really, what we're saying and what we're doing here is that 
we have devoted the rest of our natural lives to watching and talking about Star Trek, and I'm into that. Those are things I like to do, uh, so let's do it. Uh, this is episode one. I believe you have heard the premise and us discussing what we intend to do, and also I just repeated it to you, so <laughs> let's get to it. Uh, first, before we rejoin myself and Chris at the end of episode zero of the cage i have a segment here where i spoke with our other internet friend midori um about <laughs> episode zero of the cage and i had i've got these five interview questions that i might that i want to kind of try to streamline for you know a rotating segment and i don't know if we'll have a guest every week or if they sometimes they will watch with us and sometimes We'll see. We'll see who ends up being involved and what ends up happening. This, this, in fact, is the pilot. It'll probably, I'll prob. This is probably episode one. I don't know. Can I make it episode zero? <laughs> we'll find out. I'll find out when I actually go to upload this and start a new podcast and get everything. I, obviously, it's not done yet. I'm speaking recording this and then i have to edit it and then so i mean obviously what am i saying um thank you so much uh, <laughs> for listening to the least ready room and uh, here is midori and then we will talk to myself and chris again and uh yeah and then i will say thank you and goodbye so great to be here great to have you all here and, uh, yeah, here we go. This is the first episode of whatever this is going to be. five questions concerning the episode that we are gonna talk about sounds good uh this is not the first question but you watched episode zero the cave cage i did okay great the first question is how did you like it i'm not sure okay, okay. yeah yeah so, okay uh i don't typically watch older tv shows and okay. specifically ones that like involve futuristic stuff because it kind of looks a little ridiculous honestly sure so i i mean well and also this is the unaired pilot yeah. right oh yeah yeah so, this was not even yeah this didn't even make it to tv so i'm curious moving forward maybe watching the next episode and seeing how similar how different it is but watching this, I'm not sure why they didn't air it, but I wonder if it's because some of it was just a little over the top and silly. That, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, obviously they did rework it after seeing this. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, and I have to... I am, I am also not very familiar with TOS, so when I start watching 
episode one and two and stuff. I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure. Well, we'll see. We'll see if I notice a change in any of the quality of the sets and stuff. I mean, we did talk about, I feel like it is pretty, you know, relatively inexpensively produced, you know, for the time. Um, For the time, yeah. A lot of the sets and costumes, you know, you can just tell. Did you like the barbarian? The barbarian was very silly. (laughs) No, some of the costumes like looked like they were straight out of a spirit Halloween. Did did you get the idea that perhaps they had just gone into the wardrobe of whatever sets or whatever shows were shooting in that building and just like, yeah, let's take this costume and they've got this lying around that no one's using and Yeah, it felt a little random. Grab, uh, grab all these spears, them. get these spears and axes onto our set. And, and just kind of throw them on the ground. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just going to throw them all on the ground. You like yeah. Christopher Pike as a character? I do. I, I actually kind of did start to like him. So I'm a little disappointed, not knowing much about POS, but knowing that he's not really the main. Um, Like the fact that it's. What is it? Uh, Discovery, I think he's in. He and then in, some of the newer ones. Yes. He does show up again in the original series after this. Yeah. And I've I've seen the movies a long time ago. Oh, where and, like Oh, well, I guess it depends which ones. Please go ahead. Um, the the newer ones with yeah. uh Zachary uh, Quinto. Yep, there's a Christopher Pike in those. So yeah, so, but I, I kind of started liking him as a captain, and then I was like, wait a minute. He's not the captain of this. And then I went, and I was like, why don't I know anything about this episode? And then that's where I saw it was the unaired pilot, and then once they, they said they weren't going to air it, that the guy that was playing Christopher Pike backed out, and so, like, everything got changed. Yeah, I suppose I could have been clearer when I was telling you which episode to watch, because, yeah, it is, yeah. <laughs> It is episode is zero fine. for a reason. Well, next time I will make sure that if I'm watching an unaired pilot, I'll also watch the next one to compare and contrast. Although I think I will still watch the next episode of this, see how it's like. Um, I think based on this episode, I probably wouldn't have continued watching, but we'll sure. see what, they've, what changes they've made, you know? Yeah, great. I'm going to, yeah, I will be watching it sometime this week and I'll, yeah, catch up with you again about it. Um, that I, So that was the first question of the five. Okay. <laughs> um, question number two <laughs> is, is there anything, are there any tidbits, and I'll give you an example. I'll give you a bad example, actually. But are there any, like, legacy aspects that you noticed in that episode that you're like, oh, wow, that's cool. They were doing, you know, the, you know, like the transporter or stuff that has become a mainstay of the series. That's kind of interesting to see in the very first episode. And uh, the thing that I pointed out was something that has always bothered me in Star Trek. And I was surprised that even in this very first episode, someone mentioned it, is the prospect of being teleported into solid rock. Yeah. I so the transporter one for me was kind of cool because it is similar but different enough and a little bit silly like the rest of the episode was the the little moving of the knobs but I mean the sequence <laughs> once you get into there and you're not messing with the machines 
is pretty much the same, I feel. Yeah, the glitter, yeah. Yeah, like, that's all still in all the Star Treks, so <laughs> that yeah. was kind of cool. I also, like, so I have watched, like, little bits of a couple different of the Star Treks, and I always was like, why the heck, in Next Generation, does Picard constantly call him number one like is that something that came from the original is that something that's new here and so to hear pike continually say number one i was like okay so apparently this is just how they address the their first second. officer yeah uh, the first officer is just number one apparently i i love that you picked up on that because and i could i could be wrong about this i'm pretty sure that after this episode um that number one gets is not on the show. That's Gene Roddenberry's wife, by the way. Oh, really? Michelle Barrett Roddenberry, yeah. Um, uh, cool. And she ends up playing Nurse Chapel, and she does the voice of the computer after this episode. But when Sp Spock becomes the first officer in Kirk's show, and I don't believe that Kirk ever calls Spock number one. That's interesting. Right. So somehow that that little tidbit, that little quirk of Pike's, it, whether it's a Pike thing or whether he wanted that to be the official thing you call the first officer, Roddenberry. Um, yeah, somehow it kind of, and I could be wrong, but I don't, I think it kind of goes away until it comes back in TNG with Picard calling Riker number one. Interesting. So it's kind of like a term of affection that you don't use for everyone, if that's the case. It could be. It could be a little Picard nickname for, yeah. Yeah. Nope. I, so I found that interesting because, again, I've never seen this series, but I do really like The Next Generation. So when I was like, oh, he's calling her number one, too. Like, maybe that's like where Picard picked up from that is that that's just the way it is, maybe, for some people. I almost, I really gotta, yeah, and I, well, we're gonna find out, I'm gonna watch the show, but I, I almost feel like I remember being, like, 12, and thinking to myself, like, wow, Kirk never called Spock number one, because I didn't like this series that much when I was young, but I liked the movies, based mm -hmm. on this series, like The Whales. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I watched that movie with The Whales over and over again. I... I want to say that I've possibly seen those movies, but if I have, it's been a very long time. Oh, man, you don't think you've seen The Wrath of Khan? I'm not sure, honestly. Wow, that's, so that's, I mean... I think I have, but let's see. Let's see if it... I would recommend it, like, at your discretion, but uh, that movie is, like, considered, it's probably considered to be... Like, maybe the best. I mean, a lot of people would probably say that's their favorite Star Trek movie. And that's Star Trek number two, two is what it's called. Yep. And that's, I mean, so much. There's a lot of just unbelievably classic troops. In fact, that movie is the first time that I heard someone speculate upon being transported into Solid Rock. Yeah, I don't particularly recognize this. So it's possible that I have never seen this. Um, but I will go and uh, look and watch and see if anything rings a bell. But it doesn't immediately like go, oh yeah, I've totally seen this movie. Like, I'm not getting those vibes. 
two, three, and four were sort of like a trilogy, and they also happened to be like in a box set that my grandfather had. I think he had one through four, but the first one is weird, and they didn't make the second one until years later. Um, but two, three, and two, three, and four really follow like one storyline uh, through them. And uh, yeah, I watched that. So I mean, basically, the movies two, three, and four were what I know uh, from my childhood about TOS. So I have, yeah, I have not seen a lot of this actual original series. So I'm so yeah, that'll be fun. Looks like you can find it on Hulu, and I do have Hulu, and it looks like all it looks like we've got through six at least. So yeah, maybe I I'll mean, check it, that out. It sure did continue after that, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Star Trek Five is uh, they, five may I think five was in the the box that I'm talking about. Five was directed by William Shatner, and it is not considered to be a good movie. <laughs> Gotcha. Well, <laughs> that's the final frontier. Yeah, uh, I have I have feelings about that William Shatner, um, and I was kind of glad he wasn't in this first episode because I cannot stand the cadence of his voice. I don't know what it is. It drives me insane. Oh well, uh, you might not like the original series at all in that case. I know. So we're gonna so we're gonna try it we'll and we're gonna out. see how yeah. long it takes for me to get annoyed with him. If the storylines are good enough, I can maybe push that aside. But yeah, his voice drives me insane. He has a very specific way of speaking. He does. It's a very specific cadence that he has and I don't know, it's just I almost feel like it might come from some kind of stage training or, you know, stage acting, which I don't know if he did or not. It seems like it. He's doing it does, something. It feels very, it doesn't feel natural. It feels like he trained mm -hmm. his voice to be that way. Yeah, he's doing something on purpose. Uh, what do you think about the storyline here in this episode and any type of uh, symbolism you may have picked up? And th this you is know, the hardest as, question, and you can answer it any way you want. <laughs> so as, as per usual, it always starts out, you know, someone's in distress. Right. Um, and I, I guess, you know, I'm assuming that the, the, the Telosians um, probably somehow picked up in someone's mind or read on the computer about this, you know, or probably from, what was it, Vina? So sh she probably, mm. yeah. she, she came from the ship and she was the only survivor. You know, they, they, they said, oh, there's the 11 survivors, right? Mm -hmm. and, then, and then it only ended up being the one chick, but it's always someone in distress. It's always that, someone in distress. It's a popular way to start a Star Trek episode. I mean, which makes sense. You know, you're exploring space. You pick up the distress signal. You know, that's that's kind of the way this works. Um, so I, I thought it was interesting seeing all of the, you know, you get on the planet and everyone's like dressed in this primitive wear. And I'm like, where did this come from? Because, I mean, I guess there's probably fending for themselves and they've had to adapt but it it just it was like okay so we're living primitively you know whatever and then and then there's the one female yes and i'm like okay so there's just one female and you know is she keeping the population like i don't know what's happening with this chick is she you know gonna gonna sleep with everyone and i was very confused and i was like okay so there's the one girl and then 
they they go up to the the hill and they all just disappear and then guys <laughs> that look like they have butts on their head come out i was like oh my goodness why is it always like the mega mind like dudes yep. who are smarter than everyone else obviously but you know that they're they're not smarter than everyone else they've got their weaknesses that we're going to exploit and uh so now we're in this cage and they just keep calling it a zoo although I don't know. It doesn't look like anything I've seen. But, like, you can kind of see where, like, it looks like there's the stalls of, of yeah. some sort of zoo. There's an ape in there. There was an ape, and he <laughs> had a very bad costume. Like, straight out of, you know, someone's closet that they had for Halloween. It was bad. And then there was the bird guy. He was pretty bad, too. Mm-hmm. And And then, of course, you know... The girl's back, and you're like, okay, so is this girl, like, one of them, but, like, disguised, or what is her role here? And then, I don't know, just the typical, like, trope where, like, trying to figure out how to please the humans. You know, if we if we give them everything they want, all their dreams, you know, they'll just stay here forever with us, right? I feel like that's very typical for Star Trek, where they're like, here is a new reality, and nothing bad will happen, and everything's great. Real but then they, And then they, they see right through that, no, 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 this is not what I want, it's not real. And they just... I, I was trying to figure out what was the deal, like, so they don't understand the primitive emotions of hate. Right. And that's how we block our mind signals? I guess so. So there is just a lot of like, Arbitrary I don't know, there are some leaps and bounds and yeah. rules that I was trying to navigate. Okay, so so this is a rule, but we can, we can take people anywhere and, you know, all that. But the hate, that's the part that we can't get over. Yeah, and they're just, in the end, they're just surprised at how much he continues to hate them. Right, like, <laughs> although it... Seems like that, you know, Vito's talking about how, like, she's done this thing for years and, like, you know, she hated them for a long time, but eventually gave in. And it's like, but then you kind of, like, see, like, maybe it wasn't so much that she was giving into it, but that she was kind of broken. Yeah. And, oh, well, so, yeah. And enjoyed the illusion better than the reality. And that's, I think, where they got this idea. Oh, we'll just give these guys these this, mm -hmm. you know, alternate reality, and they'll love it because this girl does. I feel like there were probably a lot of people on that ship that, if they had been given the choice, they would have been like, "Oh yeah, cool, whatever I want, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll hang out right. in the zoo." <laughs> a lot of yeah. people would make that choice right now these days. Well, yeah, and you know, it's interesting because by the end of the episode, like. It really does seem like these guys are not trying to be evil. They, they're they like, but we would give you, like, this benevolent captivity. It would be great. Yeah, they, they don't understand what his problem is, and they think that he's just being primitive and hateful. Right. The, it's not that, you know, well, I, I have free will. Like, I don't want to live in a cage, and I don't want to do your bidding. It was, uh, you were just filled with so much hate. Yeah. And, and I really, I wasn't sure where they were going with looking at the ship's log. 
and, and looking at all this stuff. Like, I, I thought maybe they were going to be like, oh my gosh, these guys have such powerful weapons. We got to get more of these guys. Like, they're, <laughs> they're where it at. And they're like, we don't want you anymore. Goodbye. <laughs> and they just let them go. Like, what is up with that? Uh, well, we definitely see these Talosians again, so... Okay, these, might, these exact Talosians? Uh, I'm pretty sure we see these exact ones. Um, but definitely in the modern stuff, like in Discovery, we see yeah, them Yeah, I haven't seen Discovery. So, my thing is, is it sounds like they have this whole, like, there's a bunch of them, but you only ever see the three. So is, is the bunch of them an illusion, or are there really tons of them around and you, they just chose to pick these three? Because, you know, it's back in the, the 60s, and right. they don't have access to, you know, we're going to have all these extras, you know, on set, sort of thing. I think that that's a good question, because it really, well, it definitely was that we have three actors and we have this much makeup. Like, that definitely right. is the answer. But as far as the story is concerned, like, it really, it could be that there's a bunch of them. Like, one of them says something about, like, you know, how her race is dreaming about other lifetimes and living other people's lives over and over again or something and they they can't come out of their own illusions so it could be that all the other ones are sitting around in vr just you know not helping out but it also could be that there's only three of them and the entire yeah. thing's an illusion and they don't know what to do well i think either way they don't know what to do there's really right. what i and sort of yeah my fourth question, we're, we're getting into... My fourth question is not really a question because I feel like this will change. I really meant to silence my phone. Well, that's, you know, that's a lesson I'll learn someday. Um, but, yeah, I, something that I thought was really interesting was the way that, you know, these super powerful people that are trying to control, you know, all the other characters through various types of manipulation are... It, perhaps at the very end of their civilization. Like, they don't have control over their citizens, and no one, none of them seem to even really care that much. Like, it seems like they have lost something intrinsic, or just their will, because they because things are collapsing around them, and they have this very comfortable, alternate, illusory reality that they can escape to whenever they want. Uh, right. Things. So many things that this could be metaphoric for you know, drug use, you know, abuse of control and just so many things going on here. Well, and they do mention about the the the, the illusions. They're like narcotics. Yeah, they do. They do. So, so they are absolutely kind of hitting on, you know, that this for them is is like an addiction. And maybe they themselves live in this alternate reality because maybe their civilization is indeed falling apart around them yeah or completely gone it could be or the completely gone. and they it might not be... even be able to you know face the fact that they're the last ones remaining yeah and so they they build up like this whole well we're going to capture all these people and we're going to make new civilization because they might be the last and they don't want to be alone no i find them find them interesting i'm glad we see more of them later although Discovery is a long way away. I don't think oh, I'm there yet. But. There is a um, there is a two part episode in the original series uh, where we revisit. That goes these guys. more. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 
Yeah, I want to. I want to know more about these guys. And we see them again in the in the original series and their life and what what exactly is going on with them. Although maybe I won't get that much of an answer. Yeah, I don't but know. They're interesting. Uh, their their heads look ridiculous, but sixties. You know, we can did, expect that. Did you notice that they like made the props so that the veins could actually like pulse and bulge? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. At, Neat at touch. The end, at the end, it was a little distracting, like the the scene where they're like, "You are no use to us," and his like vein is just like Throbbing. pulsing, and I'm yeah. like, "This is weird." And but yeah, I mean, you definitely get that distinction there, like that because they say you're like our last hope. Yeah. So, so I do wonder, like, what their state of affairs are that that the humans were their last hope, and if they're going to give up and try something new or. You know, maybe it's a setback, and they'll they'll actually try again later. Uh, my last question is, uh, how many points out of ten for this episode? Oh boy, points out of ten for this episode? Yeah, just this one as 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 a piece of media that you sat down and watched for one hour, not related to anything else. Not related to the the overall series with multiple series in it. I this was pretty low for me. I'd say this was like a three out of ten. Um, it gets that high even because I did like some of the characters, but okay. then it, there are points that can take it away, knowing that some of these characters I'm not actually going to continue seeing. Um, and so it's like a little sad. I mean, I'll see them in other forms and other series, yeah. but like the fact that. I don't know how different of a show I'm going to be watching. Um, and I, I kind of was starting to like some of these people. Some of them I, I found extremely annoying. Uh, but, I, you know, very limited sample size. But, yeah, this is not my favorite of the Star Treks. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll see what comes next. I did find it interesting uh, that instead of Ensigns, they call them Yeomen. Sure. Yeah. I, um, I found that part interesting and I, I'm curious if they continue that through the whole series or like when it changes over. Is it this series? Is it another series that they change over the wording? I don't know. I find things like that interesting. So I'm I'm I'll say that I'm hooked a little bit to see what it's like with the actual episode one. And then you know, we'll see how the media goes from there. But this episode <laughs> was was a little hard to watch at times in the beginning, and the stars are going around in the in the opening yeah, scene. They like, do what a weird, is that? Do you all right? Do you mean the actual? Do you mean when they're looking at the view? Because there's two different things that are weird. One is whenever they're looking at a view screen in this episode, there's just this weird like smushing effect on the mm -hmm. stars. But there's also the scene, the first time they go to travel at, I don't know if they say warp speed or light speed or anything. I think they say warp speed. The theme, everyone goes silent and looks really stoic and the theme song starts playing and there's just superimposed stars flying like across right? the bridge. Is that what you mean? Yes, like what is that? <laughs> I, like I, that, I, that, that was like when that first showed up, I was like, if the whole episode is gonna be is like this, is this what it's gonna be like? Yeah, I'm a music not video. Sure I could, I'm not sure I could get through this. Like, this is 
really silly, like a level of silly that even I'm not sure that I'm up for. And yeah, like there were just some, and like when they went to the view screens of the Telosians watching, I'm like, I don't know, the the changeover was just so weird. There were some weird effects that like really oh, got yeah. me like that I was like, okay, well we're we're you know, in my mind this makes this very silly. We're knocking down some points, you know, for for the absolute silliness. Sure. Like wh- why are there why are there stars just in the bridge? Like they're they're not outside, you know. <laughs> and, and when they're sending the I don't know, when they're sending the distress signal or something. And the the stars are all pulsing. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, I yeah. I expected something from that. I thought it was at first. I was like, "Oh, there's a cloaked ship out there," but I guess right. it's just weird squishing star effects for some reason. Right. I thought that it was something like something's gonna appear here. This is important, and and it just the the stars continued to pulse and it out, and then and then it's just all done. Like, what what is even the point of this? So, yeah, there were, right from the beginning, I had pretty low expectations mm-hmm. based on the first, like, five minutes, the weird graphical effects that they chose to use, and how, like, I figured some of it would have any sort of meaning, and it didn't. It was just like, here, we can do these cool effects, and we'll draw all the people in with our cool effects. Which maybe worked back then. It was, yeah, it's 1960s. To, it could be that whole thing with the stars going through the bridge and the music playing. It might have been like, this is going to be trippy. People are going to love watching this. They've never seen anything like this. It could have been. I mean, I don't, I have no idea what the 60s were like. <laughs> so, yeah, my my opinion of this episode is a little low, but because it's not the true beginning, I feel like I owe it to watch episode one and see what that is like, and then kind of reassess. Because I can't base the the original series on this episode, obviously. Sure, yep. So so now I have to, I'm glad I watched it, because it'll be a good compare and contrast for when I watch the first episode, but I feel like I'm going to have to watch that before I can judge the series in any more... In any full kind of way. Right, in any way that really matters. So, yeah, we'll find out. 1960s television. But uh, yeah, let's watch. Let's watch episode one and talk again. I would love that. Yeah, I'm interested. I'm invested enough to, to give that a try and we'll see what happens. All right. So let me say thank you very much for joining me. Anytime. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you again. And um Yeah, I'm going to stop recording. So great. That was episode zero, The Cage. Oh, man, the nostalgia. Um, so first of all, I, I don't think they ever called number one Una. Nope. But you recognized her, right? Oh, it was Major Baron. Okay. Uh, it, was, it was Nurse Christine Chapel. Nurse Chapel? Yeah, before she got uh, re- reassigned.
Major Re- Barrett plays the voice of the computer and Nurse Chapel on the show in general. Oh, Majel got reassigned, you mean? Or Yeah, the actress oh, okay. when they uh, changed over to, to Christine Chapel and the computer voice. Okay, right. And of course, Luxana Troy. Was she Luxana? Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, well then, there you go. Today <laughs> yeah, I learned. Yeah. Oh, wow. All right, cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. You should, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the first thing. If someone was like, and by the way, she also married Gene Roddenberry. Yeah, that one I also knew. And she was, she was acting in Star Trek up until like ten years ago, whatever it was. If someone asked me what role Majel Barrett Roddenberry played, I would say Luxana Troy. But that's also because I am my main thing is TNG as far as Star Trek goes. Well, see, she was still the computer in Star Trek. So. She was also, yeah, she was, yeah. Like she was, she was the computer voice. Um, as far as I know, uh, like in everything, I don't think they ever changed her out. And then they they've just used like AI and stuff for her more recently. Maybe I, I don't know. Again, I, I haven't really watched past Enterprise, right? So yeah, I was about to speculate whether or not they were using some version of her voice in um, any of the recent stuff. She I, I did a quick Google while we're talking about her, and she passed away in two thousand and eight at seventy six. So she had a very very long life of Star Trek. Like this was this was her life. Good for her. She's that's yeah. a cool lady. She was very cool. So in the opening scene of the cage, um, Captain Pike and his crew, which really consists of Mr. Spock, as far as characters we would be familiar with. Yep. Um, and a bunch of characters that probably had names, but we don't get them in this episode. You know, if, if this version of the series had gone on, they probably would have become full characters. But he's surrounded by a bunch of dudes on the bridge and Mr. Spock. And uh, yep. they receive a distress call from uh, the planet, a planet in the Talos system where 18 years ago, a ship crashed, and Spock says maybe we should... Oh, and also, this is the first time that we mention a Class M planet, which is a, a planet, generally, that can support human life. And uh, Spock's like, well, they could still be living there, let's go see, and Pike is like, no. <laughs> I've had enough adventuring lately. Pike is like... Mm-hmm. No, let's keep going to wherever we were going anyway. He's in, like, a bad mood, and, like, you know, the camera pans, and Spock notices. And, uh, you know... Yeah. I honestly... I did not remember how vague they were about everything relating to Pike in this episode um, until watching it again. It's like, oh, yeah, because he talks about some of the adventures and stuff he'd done, like, some of the the events that had uh, occurred before this, and it there's nothing there's no way to know what he's talking about right like it's it's like dropping a place name like as if you know what washington dc is you know what i mean right yeah this is the first this is the first time we're meeting the guy at all yeah and, and i i think that i would have liked it with a bit more explanation i feel like the actual like pilot that aired is a little bit more handholdy which it needed especially in the 60s you know what i mean yeah, I think so. Because, yeah, this one really, it, it really, a little bit, in a little bit of a way, it drops us right in the middle of Pike's story. Like, because he's already, well, he, yeah, he, um, uh, 
he speaks to a doctor who is not Bones. No, and it's doctor, not as good as Bone either. It's Dr. Phil, as a matter of fact. Yeah, Dr. Philip Boyce, according to Wikipedia. Okay. Dr. Phil comes in and pours him a martini and says, let's have a drink, because you're more likely to talk to your bartender. Um, Which but, is true. Yeah, it, yeah. And uh, but and that's the only that's when we get a little bit of he mentions Pike mentions that there was a, a conflict on Rigel and some people died and one of the reasons he's feeling so tormented and sick of space travel is that he doesn't like making these decisions he doesn't like deciding who lives and who dies and who goes on the away mission and which red shirts go I didn't see anyone in a red shirt at all as a matter of fact. No, I don't think they had any. And honestly, the whole reluctant captain thing—they yeah, they're what, what, little it I've on. Seen, what little I've seen of Strange New World, like that was a major component of them that stuck out to me too. So this is really there's a lot of stuff in here that really well, obviously, is laying the groundwork. But I mean, just when looking at recent Star Trek, mm-hmm. there is a there is a lot of stuff in 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 Discovery, and really, well, Pike was in was a big part of season two of Discovery, but Strange New Worlds and the whole Pike storyline going on right now is really all revolving around this. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like, I, I so much of this. Yeah, we didn't get that far in Strange New Worlds, so I, I only had, like, a couple of episodes, but, I mean, Strange New Worlds Pike versus this Pike, it definitely feels, if not... um you know, an, an exact predecessor, uh, sorry, an exact successor, it does feel a lot like a very strong homage. What little I've, like, what little I've seen of current Pike, it yeah. feels, it feels like that guy really tried to get in the head of, of, you know, original Pike, you know? I think so. I mean, I, there's, it really has a lot to do with Talos. His whole, all of his baggage in the show yeah. has to do with Talos. Yeah, I agree on that. And it's honestly, like, I liked how they did... Because, like, as, as I mentioned to you, we didn't record this part, but while we were watching it, I mentioned, like, as we're watching I'm like, yeah, no, I remember more and more of this. Yeah. And, you know, they, they did they did a lot of legwork. They did a lot of revisiting the things that they were doing the legwork on at the start. And that oh, was yeah. nice. Like, the... The, um, the barbarian? Yeah, the barbarian scene specifically where it was, <laughs> like, straight up, thank you. The thing from back in the day, right? Like, from the start of it, where... You, yeah, that's what he was talking about. That's what happened yeah. on Rigel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I, I do like that they were able to do that and show it with the whole psychic control and, and projection thing that they were able to... And cheaply, too, because seriously, like, this show was done on, on a shoestring budget, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, these sets are... Well, they're very 1960s, and they're just... Yes. They're very obviously... Whatever we can get, whatever props we can get, whatever is the cheapest, whatever's laying around a lot of time. Yeah, I feel like well, I mean, a lot I, of. I, I feel, feel like, like a lot of it got borrowed from other shows too, like um, not Doctor Who, but um, the other one, the Space One, Lost in Space. I oh, feel sure. like stuff would have been totally just passed between the two shows. Oh, you know? yeah, totally. Um, I feel like, well, there's there's a very famous anecdote about how some network passed on Star Trek and picked up Lost in Space, and obviously Star Trek uh, was much more successful. Oh yeah. I mean, it had more likable characters. I've seen some of the old Lost in Space, and creepy Doctor from Lost in Space just ruins it. Versus, oh yeah, you know, Bones. Bones was amazing. I, 
I, no, no shade to this Dr. Phil guy, but no Dr. Phil should be a doctor. Yeah, we don't mean to, yeah, no offense, Dr. Phil, whoever you were, whoever you may have been if this series had continued. Yeah, but no, Bones was too good. Um, and they, they really did need that. Like, I didn't get the sobering or seriousness from this doctor that I got from Dr. Phil. This guy felt like he was off of MASH. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's, that's, that's what it is. It doesn't feel like Bones. It doesn't feel like a Star Trek doctor. It feels like a normal military doctor. And that's not what I'm, I want. I want something that feels a little bit different, a little bit out there, but still grounded. And I don't feel like this Dr. Phil really hit that, you know? I... Yeah, I feel you. I really feel you. He was kind of like a... It was like a scene from M.A.S.H. when he comes in and says you're more likely to talk to your bartender. And it really... I don't know if all of this has a military feel to it, but there is a sort of military feel to Star Trek, and they may have been leaning into that as this began. I think they were. I mean, Shatner, as much as he was in control of the ship, was not in control of the ship. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> And it's just, it's interesting to see where the, the, the framework, the skeleton of later Star Trek starts at, right? Like, it it has a lot of the same camp, it has a lot of the same cheapness, it has a lot of the same vague themes. Like, I mean, people zoos and alien zoos are consistently something that comes up throughout all of Star Trek, right? Like, almost yeah, every series time. has has at least one zoo on it, right? So, like, it's 100% a Star Trek thing, and it, the framework and the bones are there. Uh, it needed the tweak, and I think yep. I definitely think the the revised cast did better for it overall. That's not just the nostalgia vision. I think it actually was just better. Like, yeah. For example, for example, the sexism on this versus the sexism on regular Trek, it's still there. It's just not as bad, you know. We'll see if I end up agreeing with you because I I, so, I I do recall. Some Kirk-related sexism, but again, that might be osmosis. That I mean, oh no, no, I really there, there was, there okay. was. I just, for example, I'm not used to a woman on my my bridge line right at the beginning. Is that like, what it is? Was, like, why was he so mad at that yeoman? Like, I don't know. <laughs> and like, number one is a woman. Like Major yeah. Barrett well, gives him like death stares, right? So like. Yeah, maybe like it that. was like, maybe it was, I mean, you mentioned, maybe it was just a huge deal to even have a woman in a, you know, a military command position like that, you know, 60s well, yeah. culturally, yeah. Yeah, no, culturally, yes, but I still, I think, I think that they'd handled that sort of stuff a little bit better with Kirk versus Pike. Yeah, like Kirk, Kirk never yeah. angry about women being in power, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He was just too busy boning them that's that is part of it <laughs> but he was definitely yeah he uh kirk had a way kirk sort of his leadership was he kind of sauntered his way through the galaxy he was always kind of just going with the flow and kind of in a good mood and yeah and but there were a lot more women on the bridge when kirk was around and, there it, was, was. and it was a lot more normal yeah no i, I think i think Again, this has a, re a really good framework for what later Star Trek was. I think they did a good job of kind of setting that stage. Um, but I am glad that they went back and reworked, uh, like reworked the show based off the feedback they were given. Like as much as I would have loved to see Major Barrett as number one yeah. throughout the whole show, because I think that would have been excellent. I really am pleased that they did go back and rework everything else. You know? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, this is this is quite obviously a pilot. Yeah, 
but it's still fun. It's still I I mean, it's not it's not the best show of Star like episode of Star Trek, even the original series in my opinion. But it's fun. It's it's you know pretty well written overall. It's for a pilot. It's it's a solid pilot. Like I've seen some pilots, and this isn't bad. No, I mean I think that yeah, I think this was a solid episode of television. I was I was entertained and you know focused. Yeah. A lot yeah. of you know, and that's really it. Like, as far as TV goes, you either have my attention or I'm doing five other things, and I was really only doing one thing. I was watching this, so yeah, that I means was doing... that's that's my that's my like uh, benchmark for if TV is good or not. If I'm able to actually watch it, yeah. No, I was doing two things, but it's because I was trying to finish up the stuff I was working on before the show started. Oh, I mean, you're, you're allowed to do as many things as you want. I'm, you know, the way my mind works is... Yeah, no, I'm the same way. I have trouble doing something at a time, but... Sure. It's something that I know in the past I have sat down and just watched this. Like, actually just paid attention and watched the whole thing. So, I mean, it, clearly it's halfway decent. Like you said, if I'm able to sit there and focus on it, they're doing something right. I think the writing is good. I think there's a lot of little notes that kind of get set up and then revisited, which is, you know... um you know, a, a classic tactic to kind of keep your audience humming along with you, uh, you know, not just, you know, such as the Rigel and the Barbarian, you know, he revisits a traumatic incident that he's recently been through. And, but yeah, before that, um, they get another Spock calls Pike up, Pike's drinking and Spock's like, Hey, we got another distress signal. This one is more elaborate. There are 11 survivors. They're there right now. Let's go get them. What's your problem? And Pike is like, fine. <laughs> so they go I'm down really... there. Please. No, no, go on, go on. Uh, they go down there and they find 11 old men and I guess an 18-year-old girl if they're saying that she was born right after the crash and they crashed 18 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um... And they're sort of speaking mysteriously and talking about the secret of their youth and longevity. And the girl says, Pike, well, first of all, the girl looks at him and she's like, wow, Pike, you are a, a specimen of health and human virility. And he's like, that's, that's a weird thing to say. Pike, I think Pike is on to this smelly situation almost immediately. He is, yeah. And he is, you know, he's doing the hesitant hero thing, but he also is like, something's up here. You know, she, she leads him away and she's like, you know, she starts saying, can you tell, like, do, she's being really weird. She, 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 has this, she has a very dazed look on her face. There's obvious, she's, it's obviously setting up that something is weird. And we very quickly find out that the whole thing is an illusion she uh, leads him over to a specific rock and says, can't you see it? Can't you see our secret here and here? And he's like, I don't see anything. She vanishes and a bunch of Talos bros jump out and grab him. And the 11 old men also vanish because it was all an illusion. And if anyone listening is unfamiliar, Talos bros have big giant heads with a butt crack in the back. <laughs> yeah. We meet these guys from time to time throughout the series. And like I said, this whole thing is like a Pike's whole arc pivots around this event in the current Star Trek stuff. So I, I really I, I loved like seeing so much that I knew we were going to get back to as all of this is happening. 
Yeah, no, I'm definitely going to want to rewatch this episode when we get to Strange New Worlds in our watch through, just to refresh, you know, because if it's if so much of Strange New Worlds is wrapping around this stuff, I really want to rewatch it again. You know, I, I wish I wish I'd seen more of Strange New Worlds to be able to comment on that better. Yeah, I mean, do you want to do you want to wait until we've watched everything or? Yeah, I mean, I, OK, OK, well, good. If that's the answer, then then great. Um, yeah, no, I mean, if we might watch some of this, the more recent stuff, you know, outside of the podcast in general, yeah. just because. Yeah, if you, know, you want to, yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we like, we like, lower, for example, Lower Decks. Like, if they bring out another season of Lower Decks, I'm not waiting for you and that. I to catch yeah. up, you know right. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I know, I know Discovery and Strange New Worlds are both things that are uh, happening. They're happening, and we want to watch them. I don't think there's as much pressure from either of us here, uh, like at my home, for Picard, just because we didn't start Picard. But we started Discovery, we started Strange New Worlds, and then we put them down. So, I really, I really think those are probably going to get watched, just because, yeah, they like they're good shows. I wish, I wish yeah. I had have gotten into Discovery more when we started it, but problems and. Strange New Worlds, I had to stop because there was a, a reference to something in Discovery and I didn't understand it and I haven't gotten back over watching, right? So Right. And and yeah, and there you go. Actually, I'm I'm very interested in rewatching Discovery Season Two because that's where we get Discovery Season almost that entire season has Pike and a lot of maybe not his whole crew, but some of these some of those characters as major characters in Discovery. Season two is all about Pike and in fact about Talos. I like the fact that, you know, they what they're doing now, it feels like it's the 90s of Star Trek again, right? Where oh, like, yeah. In the 90s, we had the 30 different series that were all running concurrently, and every, there was crossovers and people from different shows who were, the like, Deanna Troy culture. was on Voyager and all that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. everyone was all over the place. It was just one big happy orgy of Star Trek characters doing cool Star Trek things. What a time. And they're doing... Yep, and they're doing it again now. And like, I mean, we've got the crossover from Lower Decks into Strange New Worlds that I'd love to see. There's a lot of Strange New Worlds of Discovery that cross over into each other. Um, I just, I, I, I can't wait to sit down and actually really start consuming the current stuff because, like, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a ride. If there's something that you're gonna watch, if there's something, then I will show the, I'll show this to you right now if you want. But if there's something you're gonna watch out of order, I strongly recommend the Strange New Worlds episode with boimler i i want to see that and i want to see the musical episode you want to do you do you want to watch them tonight no it's okay. it's almost it's almost bedtime here okay I, uh, I, uh, <laughs> that's fine i'm completely unrelated to this podcast we're walking through all the modern uh doctor who stuff because my nerd cred is is in jeopardy oh, here wow. so i have i i have seen one episode of doctor who I watched some of the old stuff from, again, the 60s, like the black and white Doctor Who. Yeah, wow. Because um, I used to be on occasion, a few of those episodes were on, you know, space or sci-fi or whatever sure. the channel was called. Oh, yeah. Back when I was watching Star Trek Deep Space Nine on the same channel, you know what I mean? Like, you wake up at four in the morning, you get you get to run into, like, the monsters and everything, too. It's oh, great. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, wow, that is old. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I didn't see... Functionally, I hadn't seen anything of the new stuff um, other than the occasional episode when at you know poses on cable and fans. So we started watching Eccleston, um, and now we're on I think season three or season two of David Tennant's Doctor. So that that is you watch Star Trek with the cats at night. I watch Doctor Who. 
Cool. Maybe, maybe, maybe the next thing will be my not a rewatch, but my first Doctor Who watch. Hey, you know what? Um, I I heartily recommend it. There's some, there are some powerful episodes. I feel like it's not hard if you're a fan of Star Trek to be a fan of Doctor Who. Now that I'm watching the new stuff, like it really feels. See, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that's gonna be controversial, and you're gonna get comments cool. on, and I know it. Okay. But I there's a lot I feel of um, Voyager type Star Trek All right. with how Doctor Who is done, and that's that's in the fact that it's not so much like what's happening or anything. There's just a vibe. I've got okay. I've got for some reason about it. There's that Voyager vibe um, mixed in, and I don't know what specifically it is. Like I can't put my finger on it, but there's a a, a Voyager vibe to me. Okay, I mean, I, yeah, I, I kind of feel you. I mean, it makes sense to me what you're saying, even, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm enjoying it, so. But no, I mean, this is excellent, and I can't wait, like, tomorrow, well, sorry, next time we do this, like, it's going to be, what, the, the man trap, and that's, oh, man, that is, that is going to be a thing. Yeah. That's the actual pilot, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's the actual Kirk and, pilot. Yeah, and it's going to be, it's going to be good to be able to look at the two of them back-to-back like that and really... Yeah, we'll see. see. We'll see. We'll see how sexist the man trap is. (laughs) It's got to be a little bit. Well, I I think as well. What I'm looking forward to is being able to actually see the ship. Right? Like, there's not this one. This one here is very much. This episode was very much a uh, a planet side episode. Oh yeah. That happens every season. Has at least a couple episodes that are practically bottle episodes on on you know random planet of the week. Yep. Um, but I like the ship episodes too, and. I like the introduction to the ship that we get with the man trap. I think it's going to be a fun episode. It's going to be at least interesting, you know. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. We do, most of what we see going on on the ship is uh, b- basically a lot of the number one and Spock plotline during this episode is them kind of going back and forth and trying various laser beams and ways to detonate. The, the, sp- the elevator that they used to grab Pike and take him underground. But mm-hmm. uh, at one point, they, br- they bring down like what looks like a laser cannon. Like, like, it looks like it's at least four feet long and a foot thick, and they're firing rainbow lasers at the, <laughs> at the rock elevator that they took Pike through, <laughs> yeah. which was great. And for the first, another thing, something that terrified me when it was mentioned in Star Trek II, I guess this is the first time they talk about it, teleporting directly into solid rock. Yeah. Ooh, that's a creepy way to go. It is. It is. It is a fear. I'm so glad we are not that far advanced at this point, because that would oh. be a, a legitimate fear. Oh, my God. I'm never teleporting. I don't care. No. I don't care no, how I, safe I will they be say it is. <laughs> I'm going to be 100% the same as Bones is. You know, you cannot make me teleport. I know what that's doing to me. Screw you. So, no, I'm 100% not. Nah. The whole Man. teleportation thing is ter- terrifying. I mean, space travel in general is, but... Oh, my God. Um, I, oh, my God. Please send me to space. Please send me to the moon, but don't make me teleport. Uh, and the, the phasers in this one, I don't know if you noticed it, but that is these are unique to specifically oh, yeah. the cage. Like, the phaser yeah. got a complete revamp, too. Hmm. I really like that we got, like, a nice close-up shot of the uh, the communicator. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool looking prop, and clearly made for this show. And really, the and even oh man, yeah, they make a comment about how in the episode in the Stranger Worlds episode they make a comment about how 
the kids from the future just touch their badge to communicate and they're talking about how the, the flip up communicators are better. They are. They're, that, that's I mean, the classic Star Trek communicator right there. Oh yeah, and then like the uniform changes that they go through as well, where it's like these these turtlenecks that you have to imagine on the, the that episode, like people are sweating like crazy. You know that oh, can't the, be. Oh my god, that it could of, not have been comfortable. On this episode in particular, but just uh, when you hear stories about the original and even Next Generation getting made, people talk about how uncomfortable and poorly made the uniforms were. Just yeah. all, through both of those series, is that was like a big thing, and again because cheap as possible. Yeah, no, it's 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 grab a sweater, dye it the right color, and you know, slap a pin on it, and you're done. Or the unitards <laughs> in TNG, <laughs> the oh, full yeah. body thing where you basically oh, they, gotta yeah, the yeah. always tugging at it. <laughs> well, I cannot imagine. Uh, that's honestly, I can't imagine any Star Trek has a comfortable uniform. I don't think. I think the only one that might have was Enterprise, and that's just because those were jumpsuits and baggy, you know. Right. Yeah. 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 No, but this is great. I'm ah, I'm just as excited to keep going with this as I was when we started. So this is this is fantastic. I'm really glad you're excited. Um, it's it's a good show for how cheesy and behind the times, based on modern sensibilities that show was. Like it's still, it's uh, there's the sexism in it, but otherwise it still holds up. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not putting anybody down, and even the sexism felt. Um, like especially with Pike's anger about it, it felt like, dude, you're behind the times, like catch up kind of a thing, you know? So yeah, 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 it even did kind of feel like that, and even when we say yeah, when we when we talk about 1960s, there's nothing even offensive, really, in this episode. I mean, yeah. there's there's you know there's things like when uh. When they're going to teleport down to the planet, the Telosians just intercept the women and stick them in Pike's cage to be like, here you go. Choose from these three women. We need you to breed our slave race. Yeah, but I mean, that that there is a uh, that there doesn't even feel offensive so much as just a horror movie. I mean, I've, yeah. I've seen worse and hostile type thing. You know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, like that just straight up just felt um a necessary evil we need to keep you around to breed you get to choose like at least he's getting a choice you know what i mean like <laughs> it, <I> yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah. And again and then he gets mad at her again at, at the very end of the episode and we're skipping around a lot here but the same girl is you know she's like by the way which one of us would you have uh you know and he's like Get the hell out of here. Actually, I think I think number one says that. Yeah, no, it's 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 very much we're not we're not even entertaining this conversation. Go away. This is this is a dumb chat now. And sort of. Yeah. And aside from the sort of general what we sort of talked about, about the, the network not letting him put a woman on the bridge and which he which he ended up did a black woman. So I guess he I guess he eventually got his way. I guess maybe, so. I maybe mean, not as the second officer. Yeah, no, there's, there's, um, even with O'Hara, like, there's a bunch of I mean, I guess the gonna... first, step, first officer, I guess. Well, in this one, if the, the issue with this one was both the alien and the first officer was, right, okay. was woman. It was, it was that they had both. He could have a first officer that was female, or he could have a, uh, an alien. He could not have both. Did so Kirk... that's why this. Sorry. Hmm? 
No, did, did Kirk not have a first officer? Was Spock the first officer, or was he the science officer? Spock was the officer? first officer. Spock was. He was, okay. He was first officer, and he was science officer. Okay, 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 okay. Um, but that's why Nichelle Nichols got hired as a Uhura was because they had to downgrade number one number from one. being a woman, okay. so she got to be a glorified secretary. But um, that was just the selver. That if you actually watch the show, like she is. She is very good at what she does, and she is not a glorified secretary at all. It's just they had to present her that way, right? So, yep. but yeah, no. Um, Major Barrett gets downgraded from being number one to uh, becoming the nurse chapel, which was the head nurse too. Like she's still a person of power in her yeah. in her field, you know. And I don't know how much of that was because uh, Roddenberry was hitting on her, or how much that was. You know, please do this thing because you're good. But she was excellent in the role, and I, I really would have liked to have seen more of her as a number one. I, I think that her number one character could have been really, really interesting. Yeah, that's one of that is that is one of the few things, like seeing this episode that I would have like that I would have changed about Tos that I would have kept around. Like it really is too bad that in in a lot of the revisions that went really well, it's too bad that we lost Michelle Barrett as a main character. Yeah, no, I, I agree on that one hundred percent. Like, it was a great show. Uh, it got better and needed to get better, but I want I want more of her. I really do, and I feel like as Nurse Chapel, she played second fiddle too much to a second fiddle character. She yeah, she became a yeah, she became a much much more secondary character as as Nurse Chapel. Yeah, well, she was support to Bones, and Bones was as much as he was main cast, he was still not main main cast you know what i mean he wasn't kirk yep. and he wasn't spock yep so yeah so they yeah so we talked about so yeah kind of the plot of the episode is that the telosians want to uh they want a human slave race and that's why they're trying to capture him and breed him but they create you know illusions to keep him under control and like we talked about he he goes back to the conflict he just had where he kills the this barbarian which is kind of funny that it really is looks like a scene from a medieval encounter on Rigel. And uh, they tempt him with various ways. And remember when I said I thought there was going to be yep. an Orion <laughs> slave girl? Yeah, I forgot about that. No, I, I totally didn't. Oh, my word. Uh, um, the show had way too many girls half-dressed doing weird dances. So there's I, I, and so there's some of the sexism and 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 extremely leering men. I don't know what that seed was supposed to be. <laughs> Enticing. It's supposed to make Pike yeah. want to you know just, make babies with her. A, a palace of luxury where they're all dressed in fine silks and golden props from some other show. Yeah, these were all stuff they borrowed props they borrowed from Sinbad or something. Oh, hundred percent, one hundred percent. I really but please. No, I, I just I think that's probably why because if you watch like through all of the original series, there's a lot of stuff that occurs. It's like why why this? Like why would you go there? And it just always felt like they went shopping yeah. at like the next stage door, next stage door, and was like, yeah. oh oh, you're doing you're doing this here. Can we can we steal your set no, for a week? Oh, I absolutely I like I really think even into TNG, that's how a lot of these episodes got made. I, I there are some times where I feel like there must have been these props laying around, and they must have not had. You know, they not had much to do, and that at a certain point they must have been like writers. This is what we have to work with, and I mean, I don't know. That's partially headcanon, but I'm sure it's a little bit true. 
I, I can't see it not being true. I honestly. mean, especially like, with the costumes. Yeah. And no, that I, scene. I, I agree. Yeah. The barbarian yeah. stuff and this scene with the Orion slave girl. The barbarian stuff felt like Conan was being fil- filmed. Yeah, it really I mean, did. The, that barbarian was straight out of Conan. A hundred percent. Like as an extra. Yeah, Conan was no, no, Conan was a lot later than this. Never mind. <laughs> no, it was like the eighties. I know, but still, like it just it felt like that. A hundred percent. You know. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Conan was the eighties. Uh, absolutely, like eighty five at least. Maybe I mean yeah. who knows, but something like that. I um. So the the woman the woman that is with that has been on Talos for eighteen years. That's the only part of it was true. Is that they did find you know uh she wasn't. A baby, she was an adult woman, but that was so injured that they were unable to put her back together the right way. But she also is wearing an illusion to look like an eighteen-year-old girl, and she's trying to uh, get Pike to stay with her and help populate this planet. But I really loved; I was really captivated by the scene where she starts talking about their telepathy powers and the illusions, and she says that it was a trap. And that they kept, they stayed underground and they stopped advancing and they kept dreaming their way through recorded lives and they weren't even able to repair the machines left around them. And it felt so poignant to me about with the current state of the internet and people staying in their houses watching TikTok and doing nothing else and living internet lives to the extent where we were not even maintaining the structures of society around us. I mean, that might just be really in my head right now. I don't know. I mean, I, I live I live in a, a pretty built up area and uh, I... I... I know what my road's like, and they've been they've been doing construction on this the main street near my house for the last four years, like uh, since we moved here, yeesh. and it's it's worse than ever. So I mean, what's going on out there? Are we are we living in? Are we is has this happened to us? Do we have so much illusion around us already that we don't? <laughs> <laughs> this is a, this is real old shit from me. I'm really been you know I've been doomerin for a while, but. I found yeah, that really I, poignant. I know it was great. I, I the social commentary that's still accurate was nice because it is. It's just social commentary. It's, it's just, you're yeah. living in you're living in a cave. This was yeah. going on in the sixties. Yeah, well, I mean, in the sixties, I feel like they would have been trying to do it as an implication for like the Cold War and people burying sure. their hands in the their sure. hands in the sand around sure. that. You know what I mean? Like different reasons, but same result. You know? Absolutely. Gotcha. And, yeah. I mean, we are kind of doing that now a little bit. I mean, with with, I don't want to get political, and sure. I'm not trying to turn this into that. But like, we've got stuff like you know the Ukrainian war and the Palestinian war, where there's a couple of really big things happening in the world. And we're like, I don't, I don't want to. It becomes impossible to pro- now. There's just they're just so there's much bad news. Yeah, it just it becomes impossible to process. And the way we consume news and stuff now is just in front of us constantly, and it's killing us. Yeah, even TikTok doesn't get, they can't get away from it on TikTok either. You can't, trust me. You, you can't, uh, I believe you. You can't <laughs> get away from it anywhere. No, it's, it's, and there's, there's benefits of having the interconnectivity of the internet that we've got. Like we can watch Obviously. Star Trek and like yeah, you and this, I live in two different countries and are still yeah. able to, to do this. This is, you know, technology is awesome, but also, but also. I'm going to 
Well, there's one thing, one more thing I want to say about this episode. Yeah. And it's that this is the first time that we see horses in Star Trek. Something that will... <laughs> something that I always like. Maybe because Picard was so fond of horses. But I think Roddenberry must have been too. Because there's horses all over the place in the original series. They go to the Nexus and go to horse heaven eventually, you know? Uh, generations like the whole the whole chat yeah. with Kirk while he's cleaning a horse the most iconic meeting of two iconic captains from two different eras of this iconic thing and it's, and it's over the back of a horse let's go to horse heaven yeah <laughs> yeah no it's it's insane how much horse like of all the animals like horses are the ones that the, the show latched on and like almost every series has it has some version of a horse you know absolutely yeah it's all it's all over the place yeah um yeah i want to just because of the stuff we were just talking about i want to mm-hmm. read a quote from carl sagan but before that i want to uh i want to say thank you for doing this with me and recording a first episode together and i yeah and i feel I'm looking like forward to the future of this it's gonna be great all right, so quick question to you before we before we wrap up. Um, rating out of ten. What is your what is your rating on this show? This episode, man. Just because I'm so just because of all of the little tidbits that I know that I recognized because of Strange New Worlds, uh, I am comfortable giving this an eight. Ooh, I really I felt strong. like yeah. I mean, I felt like I felt like this was more connected to the whole thing than I expected it to be. I felt like I had more interest in these characters because I kind of know some of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I feel I feel like this is a good... I don't think this is a good jumping on point if I was going to be like... If someone didn't know about Star Trek, I wouldn't be like, yeah, start from episode 0 to us. I would not say that. But for oh, no, me... I'd, it, it, it tell, I'd tell them to watch something for the modern stuff. Like, not Lower Decks necessarily, but... Picard or, or Strange New World, something new. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, Strange New Worlds is honestly incredible. I like. I can't get over how much I like that show. Yeah, no, eight's a good a good number. I mean, I don't think I because I don't have the connection with the Strange New Worlds to it. I don't think I'm going quite as high. Sure. Um, I think I think definitely a solid seven, maybe maybe a seven point five, but a solid seven for me. Um. <laughs> Because like I said, it's got it's got the really strong framework. It's got, um, well, I mean Spock, and who doesn't love Spock? Yeah. Uh, and Major Barrett in in a leadership role. I mean, it's the only time we get to really the see it. The only time we get Major Barrett is number one. And and that really that's going to push it that little bit more. Otherwise, I think it'd be a little bit. I think I'd honestly be putting it like a six point five if it weren't for her. I don't think she had a name in this episode. I think she. No, nope, she's just as number one. I wonder yeah. if she did like in the script or if he was or if she was going to or I don't even know how much was planned of this version at all. Well, so. when I was looking at the Wikipedia for this episode specifically, it didn't say any name. It literally just had her down as number one. So if she had a name or if they had planned a name, I would expect it to be in there. and I didn't see it, you know. Gotcha. So, yeah. But yeah, no, right. solid, solid episode. Thank you so much for, uh, for you know, showing it and doing this and, you know, hanging out with me. I, I really do appreciate this because, yeah, it's something I want to do and not doing it alone makes it a little easier, you know? Awesome. I, yeah, I really, yeah, this is something I've kind of been noodling about. And yeah, I'm really, I'm, I'm, gl- I'm really glad that we're going to do this. It's going to be awesome. I, I cannot wait for the next, you know, 913 episodes. <laughs> 913 or something like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. 
So this is the this is the Carl Sagan quote we're going to close on. Awesome. I have a foreboding of an America in my children's or grandchildren's time when the United States is a service and information economy, when nearly all the manufacturing industries have slipped away to other countries, when awesome technological powers are in the hands of a very few, and no one representing the public interest can even grasp the issues, when the people have lost the ability to set their own agendas or knowledgeably question those in authority, when clutching our crystals and nervously consulting our horoscopes, our critical faculties in decline, unable to distinguish between what feels good and what's true, we slide, almost without noticing, back into superstition and darkness. Mic drop. (laughs) Thank you so much, Toronto. I will talk to you very soon. Thank you very much. You have yourself a great night, and I will talk to you soon as well. Great, you too. All right, cheers. Cheers. All right, great. Thank you for listening to episode one of The Least Ready Room, uh, a Star Trek full rewatch with Dave and Chris, uh, a podcast, a podcast which is a Star Trek uh, covering. <laughs> uh, it got late while I was working on this. And uh, yeah, so I think that this is this show will be coming out on Sundays. Uh, one of the reasons I want to make sure that this show comes out the same day every week on a weekly basis is that I want to do a question of the week. This was the first episode, but um, we already have done a question of the week on my Discord. And we'll, yeah, again, we'll see if this continues or how this works with the flow of the show and this might be here at the end or somewhere else we'll see i'm going to figure out the structure of the show and i'm also going to try not to talk so much about my process and structure did i already say that in the beginning i don't know but um uh, yeah so the question this week was and i meant this is not really a discussion question because it probably has a correct answer but because when we started when chris and i started doing this we had to talk about if you were to put the Star Trek timeline in chronological order, what would it look like? And my first question was, well, shit, where do we start? And, you know, because you might say, I honestly, I don't even know if Enterprise or Discovery happens earlier. Probably Enterprise. But would you start with episode one of Enterprise? And then let's think about it. Certainly, if the timeline is, well, if you're talking about just episodes... It's a little more difficult because there are plenty of episodes that really take place in two different parts of the timeline. There's plenty of time travel episodes and situations. Anyway, the question of the week was, if you were to put every scene in Star Trek in chronological order, what on-screen event happens first? What is the earliest point in Star Trek history that we see? So my friend Saint uh, replied first with... uh, TNG episode one, where there is a flashback to post-atomic Earth. Uh, I think it's the aftermath of World War III. Uh, And then he thought about it a little more, and he mentioned uh, the TNG movie First Contact, where they go back in time to the invention of the warp drive. And then he said, 
oh, or shit, the whales in the 80s, yeah. And, of course, there is also an episode of TOS where they go back to the 1920s or 30s. There's also an episode of TNG. Um, You know, they go back and hang out with Mark Twain and Guinan on TNG. And in TOS, I believe that's the episode called City on the Edge of Forever, uh, in which they go back to some little 1920s, 1930s mining town, something like that. So... He also said, does anyone ever time travel to the Big Bang or something? To which I replied, or something, but let's see. And then, uh, yeah, and then our friend Locke replied that in All Good Things, which is the final episode of TNG, Q takes Picard back to the formation of unicellular life on Earth, which is pretty far back. And that was my answer. And that might be the correct one, unless anyone else has some other ideas. Uh, Weebs also chimed in, and he mentioned his his first thought, which is really what I was asking about, people's first thoughts. His first thought was a teenage Kirk driving his dad's Corvette off a cliff for some reason. (laughs) But yeah, uh, I think the answer is the formation of unicellular life on Earth in the end of TNG. But anyway... um, Yeah, so that's going on on my Discord, and this week's question, and you can respond on Discord, or you can get in touch with me any number of ways, um, which I'll, I'll describe after I ask the question. This is the question. The question for this week is, out of all the terrible fates that, and awful things that happen to Star Trek characters, what is one of the worst things that we see happen to a Star Trek character. The worst and most terrible fate in Star Trek. That's this week's discussion question, and maybe I'll word it better when I actually type it out on Discord. But you don't have to be on Discord to get in touch with me. Uh, you can also go, you can just go to koyadk.tv, where first of all, you can get a link to my Discord, but you can also get in contact with me on various other socials that are linked there. I'm on Blue Sky now as CUI. A D K and by the way that website is C U Y A D K dot TV uh, for all of my stuff and you can find Chris on Twitch uh, Twitch TV slash Toronto ABC you can also find Midori on Twitch Twitch TV slash Midori S K Y Z and uh, yeah I'll be on Twitch sometime but really you can find me on that website you can talk to me on Discord and uh, Yeah, I think that's it. Is that all the stuff? That's us. That's who we are. That's where you can find us. You can come to Discord or contact me in some other way to answer the question of the week. And whatever answers I receive, uh, I will read in the next episode, which hopefully will be out next Sunday evening. And yeah, also, if you have any comments or questions for us, if you ask them and indicate that it's something that you think would be a good discussion for the show or that if you indicate that it's about this particular show or I don't know why I'm being so specific about, I guess because sometimes people message me and they say things and I might not realize that they're telling me it because they think it would, you know what, everyone, I think you get the point. Thank you so much for listening. What's this one called? Thank you so much for listening to The Least Ready Room and I will catch you next Sunday.